Bill Mosley, Daniel Harris, Dick Warlock, George Romero, Kane Hodder, Robert England, Ronnie Blakely, CJ Graham, and you're listening to Deep in Horror, Texas. You gotta be fucking kidding. Welcome to another episode of Deep in the Heart of Texas. This is Jeff. This is Nathan. And this is Ralph. Uh, Ralph, what movie are we going about to, to get into? Uh, do I have to say it? I don't want to say it because I'll just butcher the the paragraph it takes to describe this film. Well, we'll let we'll let Shit. our we'll, I mean, we'll let our uh, we'll let our Halloween expert resident do this. Okay, we are Jeff. Too much enthusiasm. <laughs> Bring it down. We are about to discuss Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. What is this, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I would I would welcome I would welcome, I would welcome <laughs> do another retrospective all, all the Texas episodes except Let's next, talk about generation. next generation. But you have two copies of generation. Oh the fuck I do. Objection, hearsay. <laughs> <laughs> Deleted. Oh, Jeez. come on. <laughs> oh, come on. So, yeah, we're going to uh, discuss this episode, Halloween 5 and Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, producer's cut and theatrical cut. Golly. We're going to fit three shit sandwiches together and try to scarf it down in under an hour. Well, the magic with this film is that there isn't really any magic. Any magic. <laughs> Let's just start where it, uh, where part four ends and part five begins. Yeah, we can skip a lot of it. Part four, so yes, it starts with an explosion in a mind and uh, here out crawls Michael Meyer to go river rafting. Which is awesome. And he gets snared in a, uh, a fishnet. Yep. Comes up into a hermit's house, grabs him, and collapses because at that moment it was November first. <laughs> yeah, so his uh, his his energy bar just went took a break. <laughs> so uh, he, time to recharge. He sleeps for an entire fucking year in this movie. People. He uh, hibernates like a bear. Yeah, and this, this full a home- buckshot. Yeah, full of buckshot. And this homeless guy is just like, nah, fuck it, I. I- I'm going to help a man out. No, oh, dude. You he, help a man when he's in need, you know? He, he was straight up fingering him. Bang, bang. Bang, bang. <laughs> That's what it was. Well. Diddle in the cockles. The old fucking blow up doll is uh, out of air. Squeak. <laughs> <laughs> Golly. That's hilarious. Hobo Jim had his. Uh, Oh man, he had something to come home to every night for a while. Oh, yeah. I would I would have laughed if he like 
had nipple rings. <laughs> oh like, my all God. right. Well, like, if they would have oh, cast dude. like uh, uh, D. Snyder from like the Strange oh Things God. movie. Yes. <laughs> oh. He just got all these piercings. It's like, welcome to hell. <laughs> Michael's like just clenching his mask tight. It <laughs> <laughs> brings the comforter to his chin. <laughs> comforter to his chin. <laughs> well, I mean, and this is where like they rely heavily on the thorn symbol. That's because they had two scripts. Yeah. Um, originally he was supposed to fall out of the mine shaft, like a hundred foot drop. Yeah. And then off a, the rim a into a bucket of acid. No, no. For your build as a joke. <laughs> right. I had to fight Batman, Batman and Gotham. Right. Oh, he, awesome. he was pasted back together and it just happened to be the uh, child's play doll. <laughs> oh no. But you of all people should know. Well, he was supposed to, he, he was supposed to blow off the side of the mountain into the river and a Wiccan uh, convent. What are the fuck? Oh, uh, oh. Jesus Christ. The witches a bunch of, of goddamn witches where they live. Whatever it's called. I In the midst of Babylon? Whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, they were supposed to find him and tattoo the thorn. Tattooing. To, to give him a mortal life. Oh, that's and cool. possess him with the thorn. Because for there wasn't a lot of thorn in it. If you remember, there it was, was just like I think the mention of the tattoo on the wall behind Loomis. That was pretty much it. It was like spray painted on the wall behind Loomis, or was it? written in blood. Yeah, I don't remember. I know, and this was weird. You got into it when we talked about part four. That this part four was written during a writer's strike. He was putting in a piece right before the writer's strike, and that's kind of what was weird. It may have been five, but when I read it, it was four. So whatever. Either way, this is these films are somewhere within that, and that's what's kind of weird about this is that this film feels so disjointed. Well, either way, both films feel like shit. Yeah, well, well four, four didn't. Four is a great standalone, but since it, this piggybacks off it, it makes it devalues four in my eyes because oh, yeah. what oh, five yeah. tries to do, it's like, it's like what part five of Friday Thirteenth tries to do for like that awesome part four. Yeah, it's like wow, you had us, you know, looking at something special. Yeah, you you really did, and I'm, I don't know the movie like like how many fucking writer strikes are there? Because this was eighty nine, right? 88. Yeah. 88, 89? No, 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 I think you're right. 88, 88 was part four. Yeah, okay. this came out exactly one year later. Well, not to the fucking day, but to the month. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, I, they, rushed, they rushed this one because, yeah. like Jeff said, they were fighting a writer strike, mm-hmm. and they had to get this out. That yeah, would have so, been, yeah, been a weird way to start five with the whole Wiccan shit. That's like him showing up and like his body rolls into Burning Man, you know? Well, that's why this script is so bug nuts, is they were fighting the clock. Yeah. Like, March... The fucking writer strikes happening. We have to have this by fucking February. Whatever they got, they just took two scripts and molded them together, and that's what you get. That's why there's so many fucking unanswered questions. The man in black character, the this and that. The in really the writer was just like, <laughs> I just proposed it, and somebody else can fill in the blanks. Yeah, because he was like, went, fuck. When they were making um, the damn fucking part five they didn't even know what the man in black was going to be like that was even solidified in the script yeah that if i'm not mistaken they were kind of like riding by the seat of their pants with that one they're just kind of throwing that in as like a magical filler character to kind of like give a mystery of somebody's like behind the scenes pulling the strings whatnot gotcha it was around it was for fucking halloween four which is weird i was like damn could have been certain it, was, it could it could have literally gone either either way because i was like did way- all movies in 88 suck <laughs> I, I, I guess if they were caught with this writer strike situation, Batman I mean, did fine. That's right. Batman came out in 89. Yeah. So, yeah, Batman did just fine. Yeah. In 89, it was over by then. No, well, still. Um, 
what we had with that amazing cliffhanger in Halloween 4 would just totally kind of be pushed to the side for uh, part 5. Yeah. Uh, Jamie didn't kill oh, the mother. Yeah. It was uh, basically the mother survived the stabbing incident from yeah. what I what you gather in part 5. And she's now in uh, kind of like a secure mental home for her. Because she, she's now gone full catatonic. And Mute. Uh, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she just doesn't speak. But she's still being visited by her uh, foster sister, uh, Rachel. And Which would, would you? Would you? Would you? After all that? <laughs> like, you just tried to murder my fucking mother, you crazy little <clears throat> spawn of fucking evil. I, and how do you survive seven inch shears getting stabbed into your chest seven times? I mean, I guess <laughs> you just make sense. You're just lucky that it was like a nine year old that did it. I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know. It's a blunt instrument. That's some know. deep cuts right there. It's deep cuts. Plus, yeah. what a foster family. Well, Only in Utah. But maybe they had a nice, uh, there, there might have been a nice fishery that Colonel Cochran, you know, they have the greatest, you know, medical <laughs> supplies known to man. It's all over, my friends. It's all over. <laughs> we'll get her the best medical situation we can find. We'll Using her, the stones. We'll take her right down to the Sears Hair Care entire salon oh, hospital. That was a... Sears a, Hair Care? Oh, yes. Yeah, so let's take a fucking patient who just got stabbed with scissors. To the hair care salon. <laughs> oh, yes. Let's add some rubber to that. <laughs> they have a wonderful medical facility. It's all in the factory. A lot factory. of pinched fingers. It's all in the factory. <laughs> so when we re- re-meet Rachel, she has a best friend now, Tina, who has just like... You know, I'm not going to lie. I really wish they would have swapped the Tina and Rachel role because Tina was she was a forgettable character why the fuck would you let her survive and kill off the girl that survived the previous movie and i thought wasn't that a thing originally somebody's blowing somebody yeah so yeah definitely fucking like and on top of that rachel like in comparison to her character in five versus four they made her a fucking idiot in five yeah she embodied I mean, the the idea of being a blonde yeah because i mean she did everything right but it still kind of backfired like mm-hmm. you know she got out of the house. She called the cops. She's in the towel. Mm-hmm. They search the house. Nothing's wrong. And then, lo and behold, the sweater scene's there, and she's dead in like the, the first eighteen minutes. Yeah, and which then, is a travesty, dude. Yeah, and she was such a good survivor and such a trooper. That was almost a callback to uh, Friday One, Friday Thirteenth, mm-hmm. Part One and Two. You know, yeah. she survived so much through Part One, and just to have Part Two, like you know, just you, pretty much acts her within like within minutes of the first yeah. act. You go to the refrigerator, in. Well, that was. <laughs> That was in part because that lady had a stalker and she just didn't want to do the film. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it just. <laughs> but yeah, I see what you mean, like, on film, not knowing backstory. It's like, why would you kill off such a, a, a trooper? Well, yeah. they do it a lot in this series. Like, wait wait till we get to eight. The, the trooper, right? <laughs> yeah, the trooper. Um, but uh, so we had to say bye to Ellie uh, Cornell, who played Rachel really early uh, on. Hello to Wendy Kaplan. All right. Where does she get her cocaine? No. That is pure cocaine. You think so? Dude, uh, like this movie is 100% full of the, it's just prank city with a bunch of cokeheads. That's yeah. how I look at this movie. Yeah, I can see that. Prank after prank after prank after prank after prank. And it's just like these annoying band of merry misfits, which 
I never understood in horror movies where like a person's friends all get slaughtered in one movie and then the next movie they have all new best friends. Yeah, that like are it, even closer. That happens so quickly sometimes. It, always mm-hmm. like even like, like think scream. Of, Think a nightmare. God. Like Alice, the dream warrior and shit like that. Alice, all her friends die. And then the very next movie, she's got all new they're, friends. They're all back in school. And she now. was a misfit. Yeah. You're lucky you even have a friend. You ain't making friends. Unless you turn into a slut. <laughs> yeah, unless you're doing that. Banging everybody. Um, like, it's, yeah. do you not know who this person is? I know. Tina's like, what? Like, groupie girl for Guns N' Roses circa oh, 88. She sucks. <laughs> it's not even Guns N' Roses. She's poison. Oh, there you she's go. She's fucking white snake. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, you're pulling out the 80s hair pants. Oh, there. dude. Rat and Warrant fucking have her number. There you go. <laughs> she's speed out three. I know my 80s. <laughs> <laughs> None of it good. <laughs> Tina. <laughs> and that's uh, another thing. Like yes, this, please. How how are, do you go from being a mute to having a stutter? Ugh. Uh, vocal cords uh, uh, get uh, atrophy uh, built up, uh, and it takes yeah. it takes wiggling the muscle to break it. So the the, the trauma from touching uh, Michael's hand and experiencing the horrific rage. This this movie's all about rage. Yeah. That's Donald Pleasance. It's no longer he is evil. He's filled with rage. That's all he says. Through, and Donald Pleasance is shit face through this whole fucking movie. Yeah. I believe it. Well, I mean, even Daniel Harris was like, he was a consummate actor. He was always a gentleman on set and always did it what he was supposed to do, but he yeah. was always reeking of brandy. Cause I read like something cool where like when he did his last day, he let Daniel Harris have his trailer. And I thought that was sweet. Yeah. But then I can imagine Daniel Harris's mom being like, she's the number one star in the film. You need to give her a bigger trailer. Yeah, uh, probably. I don't know. Daniel Harris was always very easy with negotiations from what I heard. She's always very pleasant. It was just a neat Donald Pleasant story to hear. Yeah. Well, of course she was, she was pleasant. She was working with Donald Pleasant. But these fuckhead kids, True. Wendy Kaplan and all them, partied. Pun intended. Partied <laughs> with Daniel Harris. That's awesome. No, that's not awesome. That's like a fucking 12-year-old kid Darren. and you're all snorting coke and drinking beer and sucking dick and eating bush. Utah. <laughs> Utah. Utah. <laughs> there is nothing else to do. Yeah. I mean... They probably went to Wyoming for the drugs. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. you wouldn't doubt it. But with a with a budget of like what five million? Yeah, I can imagine going there to go. Mm-hmm. Utah is pretty cheap to get some fucking drugs. Yeah. I would so, imagine. I mean, you can find good acid. Yeah. See. Perfect. I heard this funny story about this guy working on a Robert Altman film, and he was there cleaning up, you know, the the area where everybody eats and stuff. He goes into the refrigerator, and there's like this big ass like Tupperware thing, and it looked like fungusy lettuce and he was just like i'm throwing this away this looks gross then the fucking cast would come in the next day and it's like who threw away our wheat stash <laughs> <laughs> yeah and robert altman got such a big kick out of it he like kept uh he, you know fucking you know the the man joe that would you know do all the side jobs and stuff he was just like i, I gotta keep this guy that was like the best <laughs> like having you know chris christopherson just like knock over his banjo you know <laughs> God damn it! I'd be so mad. It's like somebody just throws all your fucking weed away. That'd be hilarious. No, that'd be infuriating. (laughs) No shit. Especially in Utah. What bothered me about this is the uh, the 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 box art and the screen poster for this fucking film. The mask looks great, and Jamie's wearing her clown costume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. None of this is in the fucking film. Nope. Well, the ma- the mask is the same on all art covers. This is the one we talked about having like almost like a reverse turtleneck. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> it's a neck neck. <laughs> it flares out like it's so bell crazy. bottoms and days and confused. That's something I gotta say that like the mask in this one is fucking great looking, except it makes the dude look like he's like a giraffe. Like that barn scene. It's like just, seven inches long. Dude, it looks so weird in that barn scene. Dude, yeah, well that's like yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like they didn't know how to light it correctly or just I don't know. It was just weird. Well the barn scene with Michael, it looked all right. The barn scene with Spitz portraying michael it looked fucking weird as hell and that was the issue right yeah okay because it was just i don't know i know he in part four you know we get introduced to like michael has many attributes but in one of his main attributes is that he can just pretty much do anything with one hand like he can hold on to the bottom of a truck with one hand he can lower himself from pipes with one hand it's just that like comes later that's his special fucking <laughs> power though but we get introduced to it in part four so you can only imagine like what michael's grip strength is is probably you know on par with like he'd probably budge thor's hammer a little bit you know if he was given the, the opportunity because this man has like serious fucking like just he had some arm strength too dude, he like the bicep, the tricep, the fucking, the shoulder, the f- everything, like every muscle in his arm has to be something intense. So when he's holding like that 11 inch knife or the scythe or any kind of weapon, you can mm-hmm. imagine the force that he's probably like, you ain't getting out. He's holding hand. back just to keep Dude. him crushing the damn handle. I want to see a fucking arm wrestling match between yes. Jason and fucking <laughs> Jason would win. Oh, I don't know. That Jason, would be a bad. Well, hold on. Bef- Michael before, or at, before or after Thorn. For Michael. Oh, before Thorn, Michael would be dead. Both. I don't know. Both. Be- Both. See, pre-six, Mike, uh, Jason, before he's like... Zombie Jason? Yeah, pre-zombie Jason. Um, well, well, yeah, let's do that. Mortal Jason and Mortal Michael. Okay, think of part three. Okay. He stuck a bitch up over the barn. There's no floor with a pitchfork. Yeah. I mean, that means he stabbed her, lifted her, and then impaled her into the wall. In Halloween 1, he stabbed with a knife and stuck that guy to the wall. Oh, and that's yeah. Well, he, li- he lifted him up chokehold styling. Gotcha. Well, that's still... You know, dude, he's multitasking there, too. That is multitasking. I tried it to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's a wiggly one. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> that's, that's why you're, that she, explains the neck brace you're wearing. Yes. She, she does move pretty fucking quick. She did. I lie. mean, I fucking put, I've worked the, with her. I put the knife through the wall. She kicked me in the balls, and then she just wrapped me with the fucking toilet seat. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> you, she ran out the door. Tina! Did you ever see that scene in Amazing Spider Man where Spider Man's crawling all over the fucking lizard? Yeah. The first one? That's Sammy on Nate. She's a fucking squirrel, dude. She's like all over him. I'm like wrapping him up in saran wrap. <laughs> She's got a rolling pin in her She's back pocket. <laughs> She's taking down an ad at. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Timber. Boosh. Yeah, I mean, I, strength for strength. I, I Michael is strong, but I don't. I think he's just like human strong. He's mm. not. He's not. Uh, you know, well, he sure does. Jason's got that, that for lack of a better word, a retard strength. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's just like, crush your fucking head and pop your eye out of your well, fucking like, socket. He does that, too. With, That's why it'd be a good bet. Even no. in Halloween 1, Michael was able to pin Bob to the That's what I'm cover. saying. He stranglehold him. Like, you know, I, I could push Jeff up a wall with one hand if I needed to. Mm. I could. <laughs> Let's do it. No. No, no, no. Like, no. It's like, I gotta go to work on Monday. Jesus. We'll go live. <laughs> do it live! Fucking Periscope, Nate's whole... Or, 
Jeff's trying to hold the pop screen in front of his face. <laughs> Jesus okay, okay, he's grabbing me. Okay, this feels weird. <laughs> oh shit! You he said, grabbed the wrong head. You said neck. <laughs> you said neck, sir. Yeah, I mean it doesn't do too much. I know uh, Ralph brings up a really good uh, Tommy Jarvis, Jamie. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, please. A simile that was always interesting. Yeah, like uh, something I pointed out to <clears throat> Jeff and Nate while watching these movies was that. If you watch them, Jamie has a lot of similarities to to Tommy because in both of them, they both get introduced in part four. They both end up surviving the killer, one more so than the other, because mm-hmm. Tommy ends up going ham on Jason, whereas Jamie ends up surviving and ends up going ham on her mother. And then come the second part of their appearance in part five, they both, she goes mute, whereas Tommy hardly ever talks. And then yeah. in the whenever they come back in six, they're pretty much they're normal mm-hmm. they're, and they're, and they're both in a child's hospital in yeah. five they're both in a child's hospital they're both That's it's good, I mean, fucking insane yeah it's crazy i mean like i how many times do you watch these films and you just yeah totally you, you fucking, i never thought about that. between yeah. the two like that i always thought that was really interesting to see because it, it never it didn't click on me because i never i i got to part six but i would like four five and six i didn't really pay much attention to when i first watched them yeah but now that i actually like sat down and watched them and made those connections it's really fucking cool to see yeah so because you see like one i guess unintentionally kind of like mimicking the other you know totally mm. i mean and like i think we well when you put the timelines next to each other they're almost pretty close to each other or, or god no uh friday I, 13th. Think, I think part five of friday 13th came out in 86 yeah because we had such a long drag between three and four mm-hmm. with well, that's uh, the halloween, thing. Series. halloween always went like good movie next year they'd release a bad movie then it would take like three or four years for then, them to like yeah and that's how they always did i mean we wouldn't get the answers of part five until part six and that was six years later and 89 to 95 and i think that's one of the main struggles that we always get stuck with with kevin feige and and david s goyer and oh, goyer. blumhouse and all that stuff like that with all these people in interactions like when you fuck something up so bad the way snyder did with dceu you are always going to be in this kind of well, catch up would you blame snyder or the writer or i don't goyer? know i'd blame goyer i mean honestly i almost want to blame christopher nolan to some extent because he set the bar so high that even as a producer on like Man of Steel, it's like, how do you correct this course that's so, you know, at a tangent now? But with Kevin Feige, it's like everything you throw at him, whether it's like Fox bringing Fantastic Four or X-Men to play, it's like, wow, you're always going to be able to build on a solid foundation. Well, the reason uh, that that Marvel's doing so successful, I think, is because they stick to the comic, not hundred percent they do have to do some but, but, variation but what i'm playing more on is like with halloween having such a sol- solid foundation it's kind of like the dark knight carpenter had had hit such a high note and raised that bar so high that nobody took notice of the foundation they needed to build off of that's why when they ended it with halloween 2 it's been a constant struggle to correct the mythology course because you're dealing with a character who literally burned up Mm-hmm. And the end of part two, because you're you're trying to you're, you're trying like you said they were trying to course correct with all of it because they made it so finite they made it so final right there, and then I mean, he burns through the credits mm-hmm. and they go oh yeah in part four he's just been in a coma for ten yeah months, what ten about years. Pleasant yeah mm-hmm. he was in the room <laughs> so like, when, boom so when you get to five and you get all this thorn mythology thrown at you and you get the the man in black with the Tommy gun saving Michael from the the jail cell you're kind of scratching your head like. Man, y'all just really, you know, 
just went way off course. You're not even looking at the foundation that the character is built off. I really wish they would have left it to where Meeker said, he's going to die in this cell. And just leave it at that. It leaves it open-ended if there is a possibility for a sequel. But by going into the cell, blowing it up, man in black, fucking shooting up everybody and him escaping. Well, now you have to have a sequel. Yeah, you created... I mean, Jamie had such... Uh, part 4 has such a great ending with the cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And you have this transition of like, all right, now you can grow in a different direction. You don't have to rely on the boogeyman. But then the Akkad was... The Akkads were like, no, no, fuck that. We're, it needs we to want be Michael. Michael. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I think they got scared because they got burnt by fucking... Three. What happened with Season of the Witch. Gotcha. They're like, oh no, we have to have Michael. And whenever 4 came out, they were just kind of, they probably just thought, oh shit, okay, um, we're not going to do that. Which four had like one of the best endings of this entire series. Yeah. I mean, it's such a good cliffhanger. But you're right. Mustafa Akkad said, we are never getting rid of Michael. He is the, the money in here. Yeah. And fucking, he just didn't, you know, and it's weird. It's almost like, yeah, we always kind of return to smith's grove a little bit but they were it's like they were almost afraid to capture him and put him back in smith's grove like yeah. i think that that would have been very beneficial like uh you know sure uh let's just play this out as four and five dead but in the end he's arrested he's captured he goes to smith grove yeah stick six is him escaping again well like Sure. With, Show that how he escapes. With what Ralph said with Tommy Jarvis, they <clears throat> needed to say, fuck it. You know, we're just going to do some blatant plagiarism and have Jamie <laughs> be the conduit, the sidekick that kind of like wants to fucking find the grave of Michael after they dug him out of the, out of the you know, the mine shaft and shit. And they found where they buried him in some unmarked grave. Yeah. And she does bring back a zombie thorn creature that is now the boogeyman. True and like you know, creepy fucking form. They should have. I mean, they should have done whatever the fuck they could because what they did was this cult ruin shit. a franchise. <laughs> like, they, and, and then the reason we're stepping on this fucking idea now is because what we get into with part six, it's going to be heavy into the well, idea. Let's pop on some file thoughts and get moving. Um, all in all, even if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the name of the director for part five. But uh, it's uh, it's fuck. I don't know. Yeah, she's truly something. Neat. She, yeah, Dom- she? Dominique. Oh no, that's a guy. He's it's French. a guy. Okay, yeah, he's French. French guy. See, I would I would have been shot twice in Deer Hunter. So. <laughs> <laughs> like God, give that guy two bullets. He really doesn't Ow! know shit. <laughs> um, there's a funny story. Uh, talking about uh being misquoted like this right now. Um, Fantastic Fest came by. Hatchet Two is playing. Ja, da, they Daniel Harris comes out in Hatchet too. Um, the the Alamo Draft House has a great moderator. Uh, he's he's you know he's doing his best he can. He he introduces Daniel Harris to talk about Hatchet too, and he makes the mistake of saying, "Oh, uh, everybody, welcome uh, star of Hatchet too, Daniel Harris. Uh, how was it making your first horror film?" <laughs> oh, a cringe goes across the crowd, just like me right now, uh, not knowing that Dominique fucking Moranahan, French male uh, director, uh, handled Halloween Five. He would go on to direct such great things as Halloween uh, Five. Uh, Night Angel, Omen Four: The Awakening. He'd do Red Shoe Diaries, Private Lessons. Uh, yeah, he did a lot of great stuff. After no, no. Uh, but all in all, there's not really too much I can say about this film without saying, you know, what Carpenter and Deborah Hill had in mind. I don't think they got further away from it until they made this film. Jamie does her best. Daniel Harris does her best to try to hold on to what 
the relationship she had with uh, Rachel, but with Tina being this kind of like flake throughout the whole film and the uh, weird interactions with her boyfriend and the cool car and stuff like that. Was it enough to say the film? It's mild entertainment at best. It's a skip for me. Uh, if it's in the box set, you know, it's there. Ralph, what do you think, man? Um, for me, this movie, I, I could have, I could have lived the rest of my days and not having to watch this movie. <laughs> um, like four had such a great setup for something new because you were dealing with Jamie pretty much picking up the mantle. That would have been great because, uh, like I had joked before, the shape knows no bounds. So mm-hmm. why not allow the shape embody somebody else? Let someone else take that mantle. But with that being so with that being the furthest thing from the minds of everybody whenever they made this new movie or made this movie it was just man like you had such potential to start like you said going in a different direction putting a new branch on the fucking tree you know yeah but instead you wanted to play it safe and did something completely different that was the biggest upset for me because i I wanted to see something different happen like i wanted kind of like how i felt with friday whenever they made whenever they kind of tease that Tommy would have been the new killer. You know, that would have been great to see. Like, you didn't have to get rid of... You didn't have to have that feeling of, like, oh, if we do this new thing, we have to get rid of our main star. No, like, fucking have the mask sitting around. Have them, like, show up as, like, kind of like the entire... Uh, like, Betsy Palmer, kill for mommy, you know, kind of thing. Like, totally. Have yeah. Michael there kind of always in the back of her mind, kind of, like, showing up, giving giving her a reason to fucking kill you know you could have gone so many different directions with it the killing of rachel was stupid and replacing it with with tina all she was was just a bubbly character you wish would have died first yeah i I don't know this this movie is a very hard pass for me like i would have stopped at four (laughs) but nate told me to keep going oh yeah i did i mean he said keep going hey i just i like people (laughs) to drag through the shit that way, when you finally get a good That's movie, why I stopped you're six. like, hallelujah. <laughs> you finally get a good movie. It's 2018. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it stopped at six and don't remember half a six. Yeah, well, you got to, you know, I'm not going to let you go unscarred. <laughs> like, not at all. Um, the Shape. This movie is the shape of shit. Uh, I don't like it. If, it's, if there was a poo emoji in the middle of the screen, it'd be more entertaining than this. Uh, fucking... Don Shanks did a pretty good job as Michael. I mean, what is Michael's character? You no, know, you walk very slow and you stab people. There's one scene where he's walking through the fucking house chasing Jamie as Donald Pleasance says, You want her? Come get her, Michael. But he's just got his arm up the entire time with the knife and it's like, uh, Do I like this character anymore? Do you know that? Wasn't there a story about him getting punched in the nose or something like that yeah he got his nose broke by Don Pleasance. Oh, oh shit <laughs> oh i thought it was the other way around <laughs> no no fucking uh when don you know the chains drop around michael and he's you know Don pleasance is whapping him with a board <laughs> he, he popped him right in the fucking schnoz really fucking hard <laughs> god damn it god <laughs> fuck old man's drunk <laughs> I only smacked him six times. <laughs> That's going to be a revolving theme. Um, yeah, man, that's just, it's such a fucking bummer. And being touted back in the eighties when me and Jeff saw this as the unmasking of Michael Myers, you couldn't see shit. <laughs> this was an HD film. You couldn't see his face. I remember, remember we were talking about K and B had actually did the full makeup right. and they chose, do you want to do this awesome grotesque makeup or 
shoot him in complete like darkness shadow. with yeah. like a, a knife, like a knife uh, light on his eyes. What do you so choose? You see the tear. I'll take the knife out. <laughs> Uncle, <laughs> uncle, let me see. Oh, I'll show you. Like, dude, you can't see shit. <laughs> you can't see shit. Like, okay, in the background in the hermit place when he sits up and he doesn't have his mask on, it, you'd see a, a person, a yeah. human. You can't really see outline. It's, you know, unfocused. So that was like the selling point of this movie back in the day. And color me unimpressed. What color would that be? Fucking red, because I was pissed. <laughs> 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 oh so, yeah God. i mean uh hit my fucking music let's wrap it up let me hear you say it baby Woo! great tits good 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 that is fine hide leather good 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 you're rating right up there good 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 <laughs> is this aussie conditioner good 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 you're good you've never felt softer pews good 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 like a fucking pepsi commercial great tits all right tonight on get it straight with nate comb the river damn it comb the river an old woman tower farm gets toppled by teens wait 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 wait. stop my segment for a second at the hour and 53 second mark there is a shot of a terribly confused withered old woman at this party with a bunch of teens seriously why'd she let them in their house did they just break in? Call the fucking cops. Onward. Cigarettes can save you. Evil men ride buses. Safe sex doesn't seem very safe in a barn. A cult in Utah? Say it isn't so. If this is part two of the Thorn trilogy, it should be titled The Riders Strike Back. Extreme skin rafting. Never spread your legs. Welcome to the Hermit's Halloween Haberdashery and Hospice, a place that specializes in heptitude of hemostasis of hemorrhaging hypothermic hazardous homicidal hellions. HHMO is accepted. More of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Retroactive continuity is in play. Foster mothers really do care. No stage for a pageant, but all the cocaine you can fucking handle in Utah. Bargain basement tracheotomies. Seriously, you don't go to the tracheotomy room. <laughs> you do that right there. Don shanks a lot. Barbara Bush makes a steamy curtain call. Thank you, Ellie Cornell. Billy Babbitt is a child. <laughs> the kills. 21 deaths in this film, but not one to really give a fuck about. Eight by the man in black. Johnny Cash includes everybody off screen, including Sheriff Meeker. Two unknowns, but they were on screen. These writers. What the fuck? One steering wheel mishap, one hanging on for backup by cuffs. Whoa, five various farm utensils utilized. Only two knifings, one scissor me timbers, and ooh, another dog bites the dust. <laughs> Some sexiness, although the 12-year-old me is completely regretting spending his lunch money on this bullshit. No nudity, no real interesting kills. I wonder how the cookie woman would look naked. Hey, right, back to my comics. I'm Nathan, and I'm g g pissed. <laughs> We would have to fast forward another six years to 1995 to finally get the Joe Chappelle fucking directed film, not titled Halloween 6, it would be titled Halloween. 666. The Curse of Michael yeah. Myers. Originally it was called 666. And, and then, then it got dropped yeah. for some reason. Theaters were really fucking anal about, like I remember Jason Go Goes to Hell was I remember there going were, through hell to get that in the title. I remember it was like heavy protesting just for like Da Vinci Code. Back in oh the yeah, day. oh yeah, people are fucking nuts. Yeah, I mean, you know, thanks to YouTube, you see a lot more of the snowflakes these days. Oh but, yeah, but yeah, back then to use hell, ass, butt. I mean, look, look at the Simpsons. They almost got pulled off the air so many times for using negative. <laughs> you know negative terminology well this is it's the like, kind of uh oh, fuck well with the halloween 666 and stuff like that i mean this was like 
everybody's was waiting for 1999 so everybody could play with that little gimmick oh but yeah. yeah i mean with it being dropped i remember you're right like in the early trailers they would do the three sixes and they would conjoin to like almost a triangle kind yeah. of situation and then finally they just said hey no we'll just call it curse of michael myers so now we have completed the Pan- pink panther pantheon of fucking titles <laughs> yes Re- turn revenge and curse god I, all, all, I wish I would just do a, a Michael Myers Strikes Back. <laughs> no, this, yeah, this would be Return of the Shape. The Return of the Shape. Yeah. That'd be awesome. So the first one would be uh, Hope. <laughs> <laughs> the second would be The Rider's Strike Back. And then uh, 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 Return hope. of the Shape. <laughs> when I saw this, this was actually the first Halloween film I got to sit in the theater and watch. Same here. Uh, that was uh that was me. I went in with uh bells on, and the best thing that come out uh, that came out of this Halloween film was uh, Paul Rudd. I want to say Father of the Bride was playing, and I snuck into this movie. I can't remember. Uh, there, I always went and saw some shitty family movie to exit stage right into the horror. Movie. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing the Father of the Bride Part One or Two to go see us. I watched actually sat through Father of the Bride One or Two, and then I snuck into Hoffa. Yeah, I sat with through Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I sat through Hoffa. God, how old were you? I don't know. Like I watched ten. I watched a lot of fucking twelve. I was like fifteen. God, yeah, that's a that's a hard movie to get through, dude. Fifteen year old. I, one of my favorite fucking films when I was really young was uh, the double cassette of uh, GFK, Oliver Stone's GFK. I, I watched know. the shit out of that movie. Yeah, but I don't know. I always like Oliver Stone films probably because I saw Platoon in theater. Jesus, yeah, go figure. <laughs> Rough kid. <laughs> uh, what about you, uh, Ralph? When was the first time you got to sit through this uh, exquisite Halloween film? Um, it was during that time where I was having to watch, where I was not having to. Well, at this point, I was having <laughs> Nate to. Nate held the gun. I was willingly, willingly watching all these movies until I got to five because I was, like Nate has told you in a previous episode. I was, he was off, I think in California or working something. So I was sitting at, at the apartment when me and him were living together, I was going through all the movies and he was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Keep going. Keep fucking going. Got to six and I started watching it and I was like, man, this is kind of rough. Nate was, then Nate sent me a text message. Make sure you watch the producer's cut too. I was like, fuck you. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to watch two versions of this. Yeah. Like I'm at six. I'm almost done, dude. I can only imagine (laughs) Ralph just sitting on the couch, getting that text, you know, surrounded by like a tub of fries with my wife sitting there next to him. Producer's cut. And Sammy looking at me, you don't have to, right? Yeah, like I, like, I don't, don't want to. I don't have enough fries to well, watch the producer's cut. <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have enough fries to finish the fucking series. Fuck that. I'm I stopping. Love that. I love that story. Four larges. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's amazing is that four and five came out within a year. I couldn't, I, I still can't fathom waiting six years for this. Mm-hmm. Yes. This yeah. was six fucking years, man. For the Man in Black story to be continued, and you get this fucking Jamie's pregnant having her baby within the thorn cult and basically their little fucking i don't know gargoyle in the fucking cell is fucking michael i mean this was just very troubled from the word go and in the theatrical cut it doesn't if i remember right granted it's been it's been more than 48 hours since i've watched it again 
Um, <laughs> I yeah. don't remember there you really being start filtering out real fast. Oh yeah, it was it was it was being filtered out by playing Spider Man because I had to wash that image out of my head. And you saw um, the theatrical. Uh, well, he my watched hero the, Academia. He watched yeah, theatrical, too. and then fucking, I invited him over the next day to watch producers. Nice. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but well, this, I wanted him to see the difference. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah. yeah, but I remember. I don't think in the theatrical cut they they brought up as to why. Like how she got pregnant because I think it was like if they touched on it, it was very fucking brief. No, it, no, was, they, it was brief. I mean, they, <laughs> like they, brief enough to fucking forget it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, she just rushed in. She has the baby. It's rushed off. They show the little fucking ceremony, and then the doctor comes back in. It's like here, take the baby, get the fuck out. All right, here's the exit. I'm gonna go this way and die. Yeah, because basically, Michael's just like a fucking. It's like. Uh, the uh, spoiler alert dr win basically says release the hounds and fucking michael's just going through the tunnels to hunt when does dr win say when later when when before at the beginning and at the end after so when says it at those times he motions it but then (laughs) but when does win motion that he when he when when he when when the person or when when, the time when when (laughs) winds up (laughs) Fuck off. <laughs> I love the naming uh, of this man. <laughs> Dr. Wynn. Dr. Wynn. Wynn. Wynn? When he was mentioned. When he was mentioned. When was he mentioned? When, when was, was when mentioned, mentioned in Halloween 1 when Donald Pleasance was walking God, to the parking lot. And then he just barrels through the fucking tunnels like a fucking The uh, only pitbull. spike in the tunnel. He she finds stops it. right next to. Yeah. What fucking luck. No Convenience. Shit. And this lady's like four foot two because she makes Michael look like eight foot tall. That reminds me of like that. And scene. this is the return of George Wilbur. Yeah. Uh, I love shit four. like this. So it reminds me of like that scene in Suspiria where like the girl goes out the one window and it leads to this fucking unescapable room full of fucking razor wire. And it's like, why does a fucking ballet school have just some random room with just full of razor wire? Like, I'd like to play a game. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. He was a... custodian then. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I will try this out. Uh, just don't go in that room. What? That's why I keep my razor wire and just random loose bundles. Gotta gotta keep the perimeter tip top and yeah. protected. Not a single rat in this fucking school. <laughs> Not in one piece. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, Jamie runs out with her baby and. and oh, man. She's trying to get, get that guy's attention. And she, hey, what are you doing in my truck? Get in. He's right behind you. Uh, what? He's behind you. What? He's... Oh, oh, man. man. Ouch. He fucking twists Ow. that head off, dude. Pivot. <laughs> yeah, pivot. God damn. Michael, I, Michael was I test- can see my ass. <laughs> Michael was testing out his chiropractic. Oh, yeah. practice on he broom f- handle or broomsticks and he's like twisting <laughs> off the broom <laughs> he fucking failed yeah. that course my L7's oh, yeah. out of whack it just reminds me of like space balls where he's like why didn't anyone tell me my ass is so big <laughs> tries to inch his nuts it's <laughs> fucking hilarious thank you Mel Brooks uh, so she drives after having the baby and she heads to a bus stop where that's where I'd go I wouldn't go to the cops or the hospital or none of that shit I'd go to a bus stop First oh, place, yeah. oh, yeah. safest That's place, safest place, and then, or just keep driving. Oh yeah, you know the truck wasn't on empty. No, she didn't have to stop. No, and she instead of like, well, she does try to call emergency services, so she pretty much stopped at the first place, which I find is kind of weird because whenever they whenever she tried calling the first time, it said 
all lines are down due to a storm, but that then is, she's able to get a hold of a radio talk show. That is one big pile of shit. Mm-hmm. It's a 1-800 number. They don't have storms in 1-800 lines. <laughs> I don't know. God, he calls this Barry Sims God, show. Like you said, it's like a Howard Stern shock yeah, jock shock jock shit. Oh, God. Like, uh, I forget that one dude. Well, doesn't even matter. Who gives a fuck? Redundant. It is. It's fucking piece it, of that, This entire movie is redundant. So Reveal your hand. <laughs> uh, so there's so if you're watching theatrical or producers, <laughs> there's I revealed my hand. It's I will, callous. I'm, I'm, I like your remarks. <laughs> I am changing my password on my Pornhub. I'm callous. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> poor, guy, poor guy's damaged. I thought your password was callous. <laughs> Past tense. How do you think you got that sixth star? <laughs> Past tense uppercase. Exactly. I sure. I, <laughs> I was. I was going on in the movie okay this is where the producer's cut and the theatrical cut are going to differ a bunch right here well, oh. the, the the call i love how it it the radio connects us to where donald's at and i love being able i love mm. that fade into like where donald's at he's <laughs> typing away and it's just like very much not dead very much retired <laughs> it's like god damn it's like he's breaking he he was breaking the fourth wall Dude, to talk to you at that point i wish they would have got <laughs> i wish they would have got john Cassier to do the fucking crypt keeper laugh when they say the camera uh, just pans over to loomis looking over <laughs> oh that would have been perfect fucking crypt keeper that would have been amazing <laughs> donald's yeah. looking like the crypt keeper <laughs> Oh no, he had he had a uh, plastic surgery. He had skin graft. Yes. Yeah, oh, well, that is something that is in the in the producer. You're right. Cut. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the producer's cut explains is more Loomis. Yeah. The theatrical is more Michael. So questions you may have about Loomis are answered in the producer's cut. Gotcha. Questions you have about Michael, nobody's fucking asked questions about Michael. No. no. Not in this no, one. There's no point. We don't want any further explanation. No. The guy's tall. He has swagger. Everything he touches, he kills. Mm. Mm. And, and, he, and he loves to fucking rape his dog. Jesus. Oh, that's a producer's hell. cut. Jeez, who does Dude, that? that's even and in this. That is in this one. And he stays in the coveralls. The whole time. There is a line in this movie where it does connect Michael to the rape. It's a line you will, you could just, like, someone could fart and you would miss. But it's, we needed a pure blood. No. Oh. When says that gotcha. when, when they were sitting in the uh, place when he was explaining gotcha. the situation. <laughs> when was that situation? It was in Smith's Grove Sanitarium. When? 9.30 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> I love this name. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate it. Dr. Wynn. I love that. Uh, pl- pl- one of those scenes where Pleasance has with fucking Wynn. It's awesome. Yeah, that's actually not him. That's awesome. a stand-in. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah because Donald died. Donald died? died? That, what, the he producer's cut? During... Both well, cuts. Pro- when, will... when he's in the office facing Wynn. That's a stand-in, yeah. Yeah, oh, wow. he, he recorded the lines, and then when they actually had the other character in there, and it's from the backside, Donald passed away by then. Yeah. Damn, that's He passed crazy. away during production. Keep oh, in wow. mind, the up-angle shots, like Wynn. So how did it... Uh, those, are, those were the 
pickup shots for okay um, so was that always the original ending then when like paul rudd like i hate the the theatrical cut he just cuts to paul rudd being in the truck with the girl and the baby and the little kid oh yeah that's and then, it's and, all changed. and then the producer's cut it's like there's a little bit more of like why they're when they went out the back door why all right a little bit more explanation fans um but that that scene was always there with donald pleasance where he was like you know i have I'll stay here. Well, yeah, that's all Donald. Okay. Yeah, they, Donald. they filmed the whole movie. Okay, you're making, the, okay, they filmed pretty much the producer's cut. I know, but it's making it feel like Brandon Lee and the fucking crow. Pretty I much. Okay, yeah, okay, that's gotcha. pretty much what okay. it is. Gotcha. So, okay. I didn't spend Listeners, time on let's, features on this. I'll subject. try my best to sum this up. What they did was... So what are you going to do? The Akkads, You're going to sum it up? Yeah. Okay. The, the what, Akkad, right now? <laughs> fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> the Akkads... Filmed. Oh, so we're doing this. Jesus. <laughs> the Akkads filmed one movie, right? Okay, so then they presented that movie to the Weinsteins. The Weinsteins didn't like the movie, and as the Akkads were editing and finalizing, the Weinsteins went ahead and hired a different Michael Myers and brought a couple of the actors back for reshoots in L.A. The other group was in Utah doing the edits. So you have the uh, studio filming a bunch of scenes from a different script and you get this non-coherent so in, story in layman's term you would say theatrical is the akkad version no producers no. is the akkad because they're the producers. so the weinstein version the weinstein version theatrical okay gotcha yeah damn so i wonder if there's a director's cut or this is as close as joe Chappelle would get well to joe it. Chappelle, he was the middleman because he kind of knew what was happening well but he didn't know the Akkads didn't know. I think, and the guy playing Michael Myers in L.A. had no idea that this was a big to do until they released the documentary on this, which was like ten years later. He was like, "This first time hearing." Yeah, like, he because had no idea. <clears throat> a lot of people were kind of kept in the dark as to what was going on because, from what a lot of people knew, the movie was done, and then they were being told to come back for reshoots or for pickups. So they just went along with it, even though the the film was already technically completed. Gotcha. Yeah, when, when, he was one that that knew about it. Gotcha. Um, and then I think that was it. Yeah, that I think that was really it, it because all the all the Donald stuff with when in the office. If it's an up angle, that was shot in L.A. Uh, the straight on angle at Donald Pleasance was filmed before Donald died at in Utah. Gotcha. So then any shot of when sitting at the desk. With Donald's back to him, that's not Donald. Gotcha. That was pickup lines. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Really weird. That is weird. So all the hallway stuff, the uh, ah, yeah. ah, all that, that's all Donald. That was all the original mm -hmm. shooting. Yeah. But by the time they got the film to the Akkads, Donald had passed away. Gotcha. Well, that's weird because I do like the Akkad version better. It feels more coherent and more a little bit more honest to what the uh, Thorn premise was for part six. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's more straightforward film because fucking theatrical run, you'll fucking feel it. It's just butchered. Yeah. There's oh, just, it's, there's it's just, just non-coherent. Yeah. It's like, uh, like, why is like, Michael, uh, why is Michael in the fucking park chasing this DJ? It reminds me of Grindhouse. Because he called him a fucking pussy. It reminds Whoa. me of the theatrical cut of Grindhouse when there's literally feels like there's a real missing <laughs> at some points. Mm -hmm. It's just like, like you someone know. forgot to fill in something. Yeah, here. it's weird. Okay, so do you want me to go through the variations? There's like had them in my notes, but they're long gone. Um, the big difference is how Jamie dies, um, how she got pregnant. The ending is 100% different. Like I said, the producer's cut is more Donald Pleasance, uh, explain his skin grafts and why he doesn't have scars anymore. And then 
the narration at the beginning is Don Pleasant's uh, Don Pleasant uh, telling Deborah Strode the story of this is Michael Myers' house. That is a like that's a couple minutes gotcha. longer, and then Tommy explaining to Kira Michael Myers and the rune idea um, is way longer. I don't even remember. I, th- there's there's a lot. There's, there's a lot a, of difference. Oh, uh, there's a lot of cool kills in this film. Not one of them that's weird that always sticks out to me is when they kill the disc jockey. Uh, there's this little girl in like an angel outfit, and she's like, "It's raining! It's raining! It's raining red! It's warm!" And then Paul Rudd's kind of staring at her like, "What the fuck?" Because Paul Rudd's playing Billy Doyle from Part One. Tommy Doyle, sorry. And uh, he looks up and he sees a disc jockey fucking just bleeding on this little girl who's like in her little Halloween costume. <laughs> really fucking throwaway shit but it's just disturbing seeing the way they shot it and was that in the producers i think it was in the producer's I, cut i don't think actually so. no actually it's in the theatrical yeah it's in. The it's theatrical. like just extra gore he just knifes them in the van in the producer's, yeah, in the producer's cut. cut he just kills them in the car yeah yeah because yeah, they're trying to move the the radio show and all that shit maybe i don't house. know that one is iffy uh, i don't know because i mean it's it's right there where they're trying to move the radio show to the the myers the, house. Yeah, the myers house and then you get that weird random throwaway sex scene. We're going to get every fucking nut in this country trying to invoke the spirit of that pussy, Michael Myers. Uh, <laughs> it's just one of those films. After you watch it, you're just like, man, I hope I never have to see this again. Speaking of that, I, uh, go ahead. Speaking of that, uh, that disc jockey. Did did any of y'all catch that at the very beginning? Whenever Jamie first calls him, and he makes that throwaway comment about putting Michael in space. Oh yes, because yeah. didn't didn't yes. at one point in Carpenter. time Carpenter was like, yeah, we should put him in space. Yeah, it was a rib at Carpenter because once you the the trite and true thing in Hollywood is once you go to space, you're fucking done. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's the end of it. So John being sick of of Michael Myers was like, yeah, just go ahead and send him to space. So that rib was yeah directed right at John Carpenter. Call one eight hundred. You suck. suck. Um, this movie. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All in all, for me, when you talk about part six, producers cut and theatrical, uh, this, I'm going to go right into it. Uh, the, the best thing that came out of this was Joe Chappelle. Him getting that talk with uh, that momentum with uh, the Weinsteins because the film he, film he would make in 1998 would be Phantoms. And I'm a huge fan of Dean Koontz. You I'm know, a huge fan of... You know Ben Affleck was the bomb in he Phantoms. Was a bomb in Phantoms. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the best fucking thing that came out of this whole fucking situation is Joe Chappelle picking up that fucking project and doing Phantoms because Phantoms is a shit. I hate the now learning all the shit that happened to Rose McGowan during the filming of that film. It sours the note, but oh. Peter, Peter O'Toole, yeah, all the Weinstein stuff happened to her when she was actually filming that. That's something she disclosed, like I think like 11 months ago, she talked about that. Yeah, so about, right about the time that the she started doing, or they when she started making this film yeah. is when I guess she was raped by Harvey mm-hmm. Weinstein, or allegedly whatever. Uh, but Pete, this is a great film. Affleck's the bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking uh, Peter O'Toole does a great job in that film. I can talk so much more better about uh phantoms that i can about this halloween film i enjoyed the producer's cut i mean going all my years and never seeing the producer's cut and then finally sitting down and watching it i appreciated it it's still a horrible way because going from four to five to this it's just it's just horrible i i you know i could appreciate it you know for what it is but you know i'm it's it's definitely not one of the the better notes in this song it's a i can't recommend it i can't say it's a buy but uh it's an avoid for me. If if you are really struggling to find that missing piece, I guess go ahead. You know, 
fill that that piece but uh yeah no matter what cut you watch you're kind of it's a weird it's a weird one uh what do you think ralph um for this movie i kind of have to side with all the actors that were in this movie because if you read if not read if you watch one of the documentaries that they did for this a lot if not all that were involved in this movie have dismissed this movie oh wow like like everybody was like this movie is garbage none of them will acknowledge well they'll all acknowledge that they were in it but they will not acknowledge the fact that they was good gotcha um like the only good thing that really came out of this movie for anybody was the people who did work on it because they got a paycheck out of it because the budget for this movie was an estimated five million and they made back almost 16 million 16 17 million so they 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 made money off of but that's kind of how it is with almost any horror movie horror movie you can go in cheap and come out with a few bucks in your pocket you know um, for me though, this movie, I could have, same as the last one, I could have lived without saying it. Uh, it's the, it, again, this is, this is one of those movies that it kind of, it, it could have, it could have tried to write the problems that they had with the previous ones, but they didn't, they just made it worse. Um, one of the, one of the like worst strikes in my book for this is that they didn't bring back Daniel Harris. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that she kind of got excused from it was a bit of a bullshit move. This this movie is very forgettable, especially if you watch the theatrical cut. The producer's cut is in my opinion more entertaining because there's it has a bit more explanation. Daniel Harris or not Daniel Harris, uh, Jamie ends up getting killed a lot later in the movie, so you get a little more kind of a little bit more screen time with her, but not that much. What I wish would have happened was if they would have went with the original script because act because the original script there's been previews of it online where Jamie actually ends up interacting with the main characters, Paul Rudd and the the other the the final girl that's in it and the kid. Like she ends up interacting with all of them. Totally. Like she survives long enough to interact with them now. If she ever, does she make it to the end of the movie, I have no idea. I didn't get that far in it. But for me, this movie is another hard pass because this it, it does nothing for me. It does nothing for the franchise. And I'm I'm glad that whenever we make it to the next installment, that this the next installment pretty much acts as though these movies never fucking happened. It's upsetting that four was included with that, but mm-hmm. it's kind of needed, you know. I feel like on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Fuck. Seeing this in theaters as a kid, fucking horror seeking kid, I didn't like it. <clears throat> it's strange though. <clears throat> we we kind of live in like this. Uh, Forever, we lived in like this multiverse where there's another copy of this movie floating around out there, and it was bootlegged to shit at conventions back in the day. And God, you m- might be able to see it sometime in your life, but lo and behold, here we are, 2000. What when did this box set come out? 16, yeah. 15. They included the producer's cut, so it was it was a high time to finally fucking see it. And it was like, okay, that. It is a different movie. It's a more coherent movie. Is it a movie I want? No. I don't want to think of Michael Myers being, you know, Uncle Daddy. I don't want to, I don't want I don't want that. And even though Sam Loomis is actually doing pretty good acting chops in this, he's just so old and frail. It's a shell of what Samuel Loomis is, you know, Donald Pleasance. Uh, that uh, iconic voice of his is damn near gone. It's almost a whisper anymore. So yeah, hard pass, hard avoid. It's all it's all that yelling that he did. 
telling that they don't have a police force. (laughs) (laughs) Shot him six, seven times. God, I love him. What do you boys do? Usually fire a warning shot. (laughs) When do you say you'd you'd wrap that old cocksucker on the mouth (laughs) real fast? Well, you said what? (laughs) Oh man, I hit the. I do a quick stop real fast and make a bam. Yeah, it's a. It's sad. It's sad to see Donald go, um, like this. But thankfully, we'll talk about the next movie and that's kind of where it ends for me with for donald not here you know this has in memory of should be in memory of the entire series because good god this movie destroyed it so yeah it did let's go into it i guess (laughs) anything else to add no i got nothing hit that fucking music sweet is this aussie conditioner that is fine hide leather You've never felt soccer penis. Let me hear you say, baby. You're good. Good, good, good. You're really right up there. Like, 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 like a fucking Pepsi commercial. All right, on this episode of Get It Straight with Nate. In this corner, weighing in with attorneys and distribution rights, we have the Dimension Studio. And in this other corner, weighing in with a whopping vision and legacy, we have the producer and director. Well, it's Friday night, and I'm feeling a little thorny. I guess this is one more for the house payment. The art of crotchless panties and barking like a dog. You are a madman. I don't know. I don't know why. It's one guy. You don't say men. Enough. Of this Michael Myers bullshit. Orange juice versus orange juice. The debate is real. So this is what became of Biff Tannen. Fathers and daughters, uncles and nieces. Jenny Myers would have been better off dead than to play Deborah Strode. Should have asked if he liked raisins in it. I'm a midnight bathroom baby. All right. The body count in this shit fest is around 20, depending on the fucking version. You get a drunk trucker getting a neck adjustment. A spike nurse, a thrash niece, an abused housewife doing chores, one drunk abusive husband getting blown, a throat slit, one chick getting stabbed six times, one lunatic stabbed in the stomach, a whole hospital staff getting the treatment, head banging to metal, bars, a lot of bullshit off-screen deaths, one set of undeveloped breasts. I am very unimpressed. I am Nathan and I'm heavily medicated. This was a, a tricky one. This was uh, the uh, the I guess the pairing that I was uh, dreading the most because I know we gave a whole fucking episode for point four, so I knew with five and six it was gonna be mm, treacherous. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be rough. We are in fucked up waters. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Beyond enjoying the uh, routine, you know, Michael Myers shark hunting down his prey. Um. You know, not too much to go further into with these two. No, not really. So join us next time as we uh, try to fix the series. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> we come back 20 years later with Halloween H2O, which I keep routinely Not, not that it. it took 20 years to film yeah. the next film. It took three years. Yeah. I keep calling it 420. I l- well, it's because you're seeing the 40. Yeah. I, I just keep on saying 420. Is it? Uh, but yeah, uh, catch up with us next episode. We're going to get into Resurrection and H2O. 
uh, from all of us to all of you. Uh, This is Jeff. I'm Nathan. This is Ralph. And get those fucking movies off my goddamn lawn. I'm sure as hell told those fucking kids. (laughs) Keep it scary. Thank you for listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on the iTunes or Stitcher radio app. And above all, remember to keep it scary. But I guess that's why they say every rose has its thumb. Just like every night has its dawn. Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. Every rose has its thorns